0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the PD Sports Podcast. Hope you've been well. Once
1: again, it's been another massive week in the Premier League. Damo, how are you going, mate? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad at all. A lot to uh, compress from the weekend and obviously talk about. And a lot to look forward to as well coming up as well in yeah. this week of the Premier League.
0: As we've said over the last sort of three episodes now, every week, Things are happening. There's just lots and lots and lots that needed to be talked about. What I will quickly touch on is for all those people that have watched from YouTube. Thank you very very much. As you might be able to see, there's a few different angles today, so I will be cutting between the two cameras. So hopefully, you know, we're slowly getting you know that little bit of extra production in there for you guys. But I won't drabble too much on about that. There has been a lot that has happened since last week, and some big big results. But we're gonna actually start
1: today off in a bit of a different spot, aren't we? I believe we are. We're going to go down the spot of Spurs, and I think it's a throwback to an old-school type of podcast that we used to, you know, when the podcast originated from. You know, we did a whole big episode on Liverpool. We've done some episodes on, obviously, Arsenal. Arsenal. Man United. Um, So I think it's a very appropriate time that we focus big time on Spurs themselves, the mess they probably find themselves in, and uh, what we would do, you know, to maybe fix it, how they can go about it. Um, you know, very similar to what we did about Arsenal, I reckon, in the off-season yeah. um, many, many moons ago.
0: Yeah, so look, this is coming from, you know, a 6-1 loss, you know, at the hands of Newcastle, already under caretaker management, which has now no longer happened. We spoke about this already once, haven't we, that we didn't understand the Stellini appointment because nothing really changed, and that's what we worried. Ryan Mason now, Super Ryan Mason's the man in charge for Spurs. And again, that's just uh get them to the end of the season. There's no longevity in that move. I don't think at all. So their squad's in a weird spot. There's talks about certain managers that we've spoken about already. What
1: happens with Kane? There's just so many things there. Where do you want to start? Um, I think we need to start on, I think we need to start with the actual Conte and then Conte leaving and then instantly coming in. Um, obviously, Conte getting was on the back of that big rant, right? Yeah. And then when you looked at the rant, it was funny because I tagged you in it and a few of our mates in it. We had a bit of a laugh. But you could understand why he was ranting. That it's the players and there's a big problem at the club itself. And it's the a board. Big problem with the board and the core of the club. And, uh, you know, I can only do so much as the manager. It was one of those sort of rants. It, if you haven't watched it, just pause what you're what you listening to. Go watch the rant. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah. Right? Great rant. Um, But, obviously, then the board doesn't like it. They sat Conte, and I think it was Conte's way of trying to get out. Yeah. My issue is what the board does next is usually when a manager leaves, most of their staff goes, or, you know... Yeah, all some, of them go normally. Yeah, it, or sometimes some yeah. of the staff goes, some of the staff stays, because some of the staff might be under-21 staff helping out, which is where Mason comes in, you know, yeah. he obviously helps a lot out with the Spurs themselves, but stays predominantly as a 21 coach, etc it's yet again another very questionable decision from Spurs to then go and appoint Conte's right-hand man to do Conte's job. Yeah. It's pretty much them trying to say... The same philosophy. Yeah, it's, oh, this guy has come out and said this in the press. We can't have that, so you're gone, but we didn't really want to sack you, so we're going to just put your second guy in charge to get us through to the season. Now, was he sacked because of a poor performance? Yeah. Should you be sacking interim coach? On one poor performance, no. Yeah, should he be the guy in charge?
0: I feel like no. If you're gonna sack an interim coach, it's because the person you want available, and you're gonna announce very quickly. Which happened with Mourinho. It wasn't that there was an interim coach, but when they got rid of Pochettino, yeah, within the next twenty four hours, Mourinho was announced. So yeah. that tells me that that was ready to go. They didn't linger around that sale or not sale, but that removal of Pochettino. Where this just thinks of, we probably should have got rid of everyone when we got rid of Conte. That is where I sit on that whole situation.
1: I would agree. I think it's yet again another very questionable decision made by the board that I think is very questionable. There's a lot of. Uh, Things we can look back through the Spurs' recent history where you look at the board and go... What are you doing? Failure to spend. Didn't capitalise when they made a Champions League final. When they were, you know, and they the, a really good team. And a really, really good team that they could have invested in. Um, Poch at the time, was one of the best managers in the world and they didn't want to give him any money. You then go and get Conte, a manager that's known for wanting to spend big and get his own core of players in, and don't back him and properly. For what it was said is that he was promised that too, yeah, and never got it, which is why he didn't take the job the first time. So I'm gonna put out there the first question to you, Paul, is Spurs' biggest problem the players and the situation they're in, or is it the board? It's the whole the whole club.
0: It really, I I've heard it on other forums as well, and that the direction of Tottenham right now is to be a business. You look at the deals that they're getting as a result of the stadium. Yeah. So when you say that they didn't invest in the team, that's because they've invested in the stadium. So off the back of the Champions League final, they are in the process of moving out of Wembley into the new stadium. So they've become more commercial than they've ever been. And that's, you know, they've got big money deals with NFL. They've got other sporting events that are going through Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Concerts. That's the priority right now, and football's not. And if I was a Spurs fan, I'd be livid because your team's practically just said, We've got this unbelievable facility, but we're not going to put that money into the team. Yeah. They have they have made some signings this year, but again, I don't think they're particularly all signings for the manager. Jed Spence hasn't been anywhere. He was part of Forrest. Like, if you're Forrest, you'd be spewing that. You couldn't just get him back on loan because why selling? Oh, well, he wasn't their player. He was Middlesbrough's actually, but. He just hasn't played. So you'd be filthy. that like, Why couldn't we have just loaned him back for another year? And Spurs, not going to use him. Conte's not going to use him. Why buy him? So you've got Richarlison who hasn't scored a goal in the league. kulosevsky has been good. Basuma, it just hasn't happened. When you're getting all these new signings in, it tells you there's an issue with the club. You're, like, you're talking about Premier League proven Richarlison, Basuma, just two examples where they can't hit the ground running and they've shown it at other clubs that they can play at the level. So there's something wrong there, and that's not just on the coaching for me.
1: Yeah, correct. And I think it's the, it's the mix of the board... And toxic's not the right word. The board probably having no desire and no will to... From a football side. Correct, to invest in the team. And, you know, it almost feels very stale. You then have got their probably excuse of that as like, oh, no, but we've got Kane, and we've got Son, and, you know, that's just all enough, and they'll win your games. Doesn't work like that, then you've got a manager in content that comes in and goes, Well, I'm historically known for winning stuff, and that's because I go and spend and get my yeah. sort of players in, which was Perisic. But that was the only one really that I thought was that's a proper Conte signing, yeah, because he's he and Con- it's worked with him before, yeah, correct, right. And then you look at the other signings, and it was kind of like, Well, no, you can't have him, you can't have him, you can't have him, that's too much money for us to spend, even though they've got the money there, yeah, uh, well, no, I don't want to spend that. Well, so you're going to go get your third choice option, your third choice option. Your third choice option. I feel for Richarlison because I actually feel like a lot of that's down to if he was the main man and the talisman. I think that brings the best out of him. Yeah. He never will be with Kane there, and he never will be with Son there. It'd always be. Well, he can't play off the left or through the middle. Correct. So He's just there. Yeah. And he's had injuries, and he got injured at the World Cup. Yeah. So you do feel. I do feel for him. Look at what he did at the World Cup. Yeah, was brilliant. It was unbelievable <laughs> yeah. the World Cup. You know, he's the sort of guy that, you know, put my Liverpool hat on. If he was available as a backup winger for us, mate, even though he'd be hating in Everton and I don't think he'd ever do it, yeah. I'm just saying as an as as example, player. as a player, he would be perfect. If you're Arsenal football club and you don't need another backup winger... And Trosside plays on the right. Yeah, and, and in comes Richarlison. On the left. You're loving it. Or is it another striker, so the, Jesus? The question is, why bring in a manager of Conte, who's known for spending money... And getting the right sort of players that fit his style in, and why would you go and get him in? Yeah, are then going to link it back to the Nuno Spirits or Santos um, manager coming in, employment yeah. coming in? They weren't every other manager around got to a point where well, lost them all. Yeah, got to a point where we can't get anyone. So then he comes and then eight weeks into the season was it? Yeah, gone. Pull the pin. I just I don't know how Spurs run their footballing department of the club. The business side and the ability yeah, to turn $200. over a revenue, fine, right? They're unbelievable. Hands down. But being good part of the business side of it is still having the footballing arm work well. And how Daniel Levy and the rest of that footballing department runs the Spurs Football Club is the main reason they're in this position. Yeah. So they're at fault. I'm not going to exonerate the players here because I want to speak about the players themselves in a second because I think it's their fault too, Right. I do think now they need to get the right manager in for the position they're in. My issue is, if you're a manager, and I'm going to throw one name out there that has been linked with this job, but he won't get it, and great that he's not, right? If you're a manager, what would be the appeal to go to Spurs right now? Nothing,
0: really, other than getting to sit in the dugout once a fortnight of that stadium. It's, it's going to take someone massive to come in and have the ability to turn that club around. So it's hard because you can't get an up-and-coming manager in because they're not going to have the muscle to compete with the board. They've just shown that you can be a Premier League winning manager and not get what you want. Yep. So if you're any other manager that's not Klopp, Pep, they're not going to be able to compete with Levy because he's done. He's, he's shone Conte out. And any of the other 19 Premier League clubs would take Conte in a heartbeat and go, spend our money. Yeah. Who you want. You know, like if he was at Brighton, they would back his judgment. Although they do make the right calls themselves too. Yeah. They would take him in a heartbeat. You know, even Crystal Palace, all these clubs have money. Like every single Premier League club that has been a Premier League club for more than two years has stupid money. money. So everyone's capable of making these signings. So that's where you'd go, yeah, why would I go to a Tottenham? when I could build up Aston Villa like Unai Emery. He's in yeah. a better position at Villa than any manager would be at Spurs because the money's there at Villa. The backing's there for him. He, they showed in January straight away. Go get Alex Moreno in. Go get your left back that you want. Get rid of Danny Ings, who's probably on reputation, the club's best striker, so you can move Watkins off a wing and play him inside. And you like they that board has trusted their manager's judgment where... That hasn't happened at Spurs at all.
1: Uh, correct, and I would agree. Uh, it's that dire at Spurs for a manager to go there. I honestly, think you're better in taking the Forest Rod and keeping them up this season. But the squad they have, you've got yeah. a very good core in Navos and goals. And you've got some really good players in and around. And they've proven they can score some goals. That honestly think that's more of an exciting job than taking the Spurs job. And I know that might be harsh Spurs fans. That might be very harsh on you guys. But that's honestly the truth. If you're a manager going to Spurs, you're honestly thinking, please sign me on a big long-term deal. because I've like got. Yeah, and, I'm, and I want my compensation fee. That's exactly what you're going there for yeah, right just now. in case you can't get what you want. Which it leads me into the managers that they've been linked with. Now, there's been big tours that Nagelsmann's apparently got a deal basically in place to sign there as the next manager. That's according to a few news outlets. I then have read today that a few news outlets are reporting that he's now put that on hold because he doesn't know if he wants to go there after what he saw on the weekend, yeah. which is whatever. If you then have a look at another manager, and look, this is an Australian podcast, so I am going to mention an Aussie manager, and was linked with the job originally. Yeah. Right? I Run am... No way. I am that pleased that he is not going to head there. I honestly rather him head to Chelsea and work under Bowie, who I don't think can really manage a football club. Yeah. But anyhow, because if he goes there and goes to Levy, he's going to turn around and go, you need a rebuild. I'm a rebuild manager. We need to gut 8 to 14 players out the squad, out of the squad of 25. We start again. And we need to start again. So I need to go to, for Anne's sake, the Japanese league, which I know. We need to go to the Scottish league, which I know. We need to go and get X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And, you know, if I need someone from the German Bundesliga 2, you know, or I need someone that I know that I've worked with that's now playing in the Bundesliga, whatever, if I'm Ange, because he's working with a lot of players, right? Levy's going to turn in and go, no, no, no. And that's the issue, because they've needed this rebuild for a while. Yeah, since that Champions League loss, really. And they never have gone and done it. And this is where I put the. Thing on the players okay that's not happening but you can still give some sort of fight and some sort of heart and some sort of game awareness in games yeah. and I think they've got to a stage where not one of those players actually want to do that too
0: well defensively they are shambles the midfield can't compete and they don't have the quality they don't have the quality of the Premier League midfield yeah they're still playing with like winks and you know other names in that midfield but you're like, like I feel for Benton core, but we've seen over multiple years that he can't stay fit. So, you can't rely on Bentoncourt being a midfielder. Correct. Because he gets to February and he's out and he's done for the year. Like, I rate him a lot, but then you're playing, you know, yeah, Harry Winks in that midfield. And really, I can't even name Basuma. Can't get in this team. He's injured all the time as well. I can't even name who's playing in the midfield really at the moment for Spurs, like central midfield for Spurs. And that's your problem. The fact that. It's not locked in, and they're not having an impact. Then you're not going to win games when you've got Davinson Sanchez, who no credit of his own. The midfield's not helping, but he struggles. Larice has struggled for a long time in the Premier League. Like the he's last not two a good. Years. He's he is nowhere near the levels that he once was. He's your captain.
1: Romero <sighs> is the one I want to mention. Out of all, well, I rate him a lot, but I think he there's is, a lot happening up the pitch. He is. When it comes to making A defensive decision I reckon yeah. Three of the five goals Six goals They conceded Against Newcastle Was his fault They were real bad My um, My thing is With them Is that If they had Some sort of quality Kane is A great player If they had Some sort of quality Sonny is a great player You know For me It's The only one I write In there is Hoiberg
0: And he can't be player. And he can't be In there by himself So I've just put up the team their midfield this week was uh, Saar, who's a young fellow who they're giving a chance to now, which is fine. But Oli Skip and Hoiberg with Pedro Porro, again, I rate him a young fullback, but, you know, you're throwing him to the wolves practically. Like, it's a big change. Romero, Dyer, Perisic, but they've gone away. They've gone back into a four at the back now. So they're changing this whole shape with six games to go because of, you know, they're desperate, and then they're going to get spanked. So...
1: Correct. Look, it's... It's a weird squad because I look at that squad and I go, I don't think it's good enough, and there's nothing that it, it can really be done. But at the same stage, like there are players that can go, all right, we're two 2-0 down here in six minutes, and three and nine. Can can we not just <laughs> can we not just keep the ball and actually put in a little bit of work Right? Can we can we start like trying to hoop it up as well, um, yeah. and see what can happen? But um, yeah, look, it's one of those things where. <sighs> They have no, and this is weird to say. When i they have no dogfight experience. They have no, you know, they have no backbone. They just fall away in games like that. Honestly, after twenty one minutes, it could have been eight, nine by half time. Yeah, there was chances that was missed. I think there was one from Murphy had one at the, you know, coming in on the edge of the box, which he passed over the bar. Anything on target was beating Larice. They, they, they had moments. It, it's one of those ones where you watch a team and when a team's in disarray, you expect them to fall apart. But a team of a Premier League quality, a team that's fifth in the Prem, by the way, yeah. right? There's got to be a player that turns around and goes, ah, oh, put your foot on it, please. Yeah. Let's knock it around. All right. When we're defending, right, it's your ball. If it's in your zone. You go up and header. Right. You're not leaving to go over the top of your shoulder, Romero, and watch and go, oh, hang on, the striker's there. They've... Third goal, I think it was. Yeah, I think he's yeah. checked out. And yeah. That's the thing. I think a lot it, of those players have checked out. It's and you'd
0: understand from a player's perspective, you'd understand why you've you're going through multiple managers. Correct. It, the club's in a shit spot. That's where I think Spurs are at. Look, whether they get Norgessman or not, who knows? But
1: if they don't get Norgessman, who can they get?
0: There's no one there at the moment. Like, he's going to walk right at D- the end of the season and D- y- see who
1: gets sacked somewhere else. Well, look, Mason's in charge. And look, good on Ryan. You know, youngest Premier League manager ever, right? Firstly. Secondly, I actually think he knows his stuff as well. He's done a lot of youth coaching and everything. And we've seen him coach the Spurs team before. And maybe because he's always there, this maybe gets them a little bit of more... Com- not camaraderie, so to say, but a yeah. bit of togetherness in the dynamic of the, of the group. Because they really need to turn around and go, if things continue they are, we're not just finishing 5th, 6th, 7th. They're yeah. probably losing most of, if not all, the games going into the end of the season and finishing 8th. Right? Yeah. Which is not good enough for a club like Spurs. On top of that as well, if they don't get Nagasman, the only under-manager I've seen going there is Potter. But yet again, Potter needs to be able to bring nah. the squad. So I think the biggest issues here for Spurs is the board is going to leave the squad to rot as it is. They then can't get a manager of quality to come in and any manager worth the salt won't look at that job and go, I want to take it. At least with the Arsenal job, we're saying Arteta's got to go. Who would go into Arsenal? Arsenal had that ability, and this is going to sound really bad to your Spurs fans, where Arsenal, we're the home of the Invincible team, we've got yeah, all this history, right, ex- history. you know, etc. It's, it's a cool place for you to kind of go and see what you can do, right? Where with the... With the uh, Spurs job, it's kind of like Spurs trophy wise. What history am I going there to go for? Yeah. What am yeah. I going there just to manage Harry Kane? I'm gonna put it to you right now. The best thing they could do. Yeah,
0: sell him and that sell Harry the Kane
1: and fill in your rebuild. You charge him 150 million to Man United, who should buy him. Yeah. Right. You know, the only other Premier League club they that should him. should need him. Right. Um, or he goes to Madrid or something like that. Yeah, which him. I don't think he does. But I think. Go replace Marnet at Bayern. Yeah. <laughs> Marnet can come <laughs> back home. That's fine. Um, but, um, yeah, uh, I think Spurs need to do something. If Levy ain't going to give you the money uh, to do a rebuild and he's not going to gut out yeah, the squad. It's set. So it's only. Dead end but, job. Yeah. So the money that you're going to get is the money that you fund yourself. Then you as a manager have to turn around and go, oh, what Harry Kane gone. Yeah. And I don't want him gone for big money. I'm turning around and going, look, Son, I know you've been a good club legend, whatever. Yeah. See you later. See you Lakers. later. Bye. Off you go, right? Yeah. and you then you go okay what have I got left what youngsters can I breed through and then you turn around if you're the manager coming in you go look you don't want to spend money but if that's the case then you're going to have to say for two years it's a clean slate with me yeah. you can't sat me after two years and you go to the under 21s team and anyone that's promising is coming in yeah. and that's what you do maybe that's where Jed Spence gets a game maybe that's where they keep persisting with Sire in the middle of the park and at least then you might be Spurs and you finish 13th at least you know you're okay. You can see what's kind of going on. Yeah. See, similar to what know, Arteta's has done, maybe not to that big of an extent. That's needed. Yeah, but still, took him three years though. Correct, but they need to do that with a manager. My issue is, I think Spurs fans now kind of are accustomed to after that Champions League final, we're good. We need to be good, etc. This season that their fifth is flattering them. Yeah. Their, big time. You know their goal difference is what four seven. in general or seven. Seven. You're in the top five, man. Yeah, And oh, well, Man United oh, is nine. Yeah, that's <laughs> because we slapped them. Like if you look at like and look not turning up for an example, I'll, I'll use Brighton for an example. We're below us, right? They're on seventeen goal difference. It's Brighton.
0: Yeah.
1: You're telling me Spurs who are meant to be fighting cannot do that?
0: Uh, they're not scoring goals, that's the thing. They're not scoring goals. And
1: oh, look, if Kane doesn't score, they don't score. Yeah. That's... And Kane's had a really good year.
0: Because he's the only one scoring goals. <laughs>
1: that's the problem. The thing is, is that because the players don't want to actually play no, for mate. the manager and they don't want to pay for the club and they they're all checked out. Like for me, I don't see where Spurs finish fourth, fifth, no way, sixth, seventh, eighth. I think they're the one that Fulham could catch them. Yeah, far behind. Right, Brentford could catch them in tenth. It eight points. Beef. Yeah, I, I think there is a there Six is a, games. look there is a world where Spurs turn around, they win a couple of games, they, finish and they hold on, or whatever. Yeah. Right, but I think it's there's more of a possibility at the minute that Spurs finish tenth.
0: Yeah, look, it's gonna be interesting. It's going to be very, very interesting. I, I am very keen to see how their season ends up. I think we'll start shifting the conversation up the table. They go and play Man United this week, then they play us. So yeah. the next two games, this next week for Spurs is really going to you know be the point where, you know, what are they made of? If well, they go and fold these two games, and they're done.
1: Yeah, they're done. And then I expect Palace and Villa to roll on too. Yeah,
0: so... Look, let's shift the uh, direction up the table. Uh, There's a big game happening Thursday our time, Wednesday night over in the UK. City Arsenal, this is the one. We've been speaking about this race for three weeks in a row now. I don't think we really need to go into heaps of detail around this. Arsenal are in absolutely dreadful form. There is a huge polar opposite in the form that these two sides are in at the moment. At the Etihad... (laughs) Very, very likely that City are going to get a result here. I I find it very hard to, to not see City
1: running away with the win here because they are just turning everyone over. Correct. <laughs> I would agree. I think that there is more of a likelihood, and especially because if you look at Arsenal defensively, they've been shipping goals of late. Big time, yep. 73. I think there is a world, and look, Arsenal fans don't hate me for this. I think there's more of a world where Ar- City win four or five, one, then there is a world where Arsenal go and win the game. Yeah, and that you told me that three weeks ago, I would have said, Nah, this is this is going to be one of the games of the season, this is going to be whatever. The fact that I can now go and say this is pretty evident to what's going on at Arsenal, what the you know, every Arteta presser at the minute. Oh, how do you deal with the mental side and yeah. the complacency and this, that? And he goes, Oh, we have to find a way, and he doesn't really know how to answer it, so he gets through the question. And they start talking about fatigue. And, I mean, and it's one of those things where I look at it and go, Look, great fight because they really should have lost to Southampton. Yeah. And the fact that Trussard hits the bar in the 93rd minute is huge because if that goes in, and, and there's that, a little if, deflected one as well. And that goes, yeah, uh, the one that goes just past the post yeah. as well, um which they get at Nelson. The yeah. Um, which imagine if Nelson two times in the season I know, out of nowhere last you know that would have been huge if that goes in I, I'm probably sending a different tune recency bias a. secondly I think there's a bit of a lift of okay we've been really poor for two weeks and then we've found a win right Yeah. if they lost that game season's over the fact they've drawn their last three from two from winning positions and then see I've handed them a dead bottom yeah and they're 3-1 down with four minutes to go I think there's more signs pointed that City run away with the league City, slap Arsenal around because it's, you know, City are at home. Uh, Yeah, City are at home. Yeah, so there you go. And then Arsenal going out there getting a result. How's the best way for Arsenal to get a result?
0: They're going to have to sit in and they can't defend. So I don't trust Holding and Gabriel to not make a dumb mistake between the two of them. I don't know if Zinchenko is going to be back. Is he going to be too amped up for this game to try and prove something about leaving City? The midfield party, everyone's been roasting me for weeks about not including Thomas party in my midfield list and things like that. And he's gone and proved to me why he's not in my list. Correct. Because when the the title's been on the line, he's gone missing or he's made some really poor choices. Yeah. I feel for Fabio Vieira because Jack has been a real big part of that midfield and they really missed him against Southampton as well. Not Vieira's fault for not being at that level. He hasn't played enough this year and you throw him into that game. I don't actually think Arteta really had an option other than I think he should be starting Jorginho. I know they're different midfielders, but don't put the kid in there that doesn't get the league. You've got a Premier League winner. You've got a Euro winner midfielder. Yeah. Why buy him? What's he there for? He's sitting on the bench. He's showing that he can have an impact. If you get 70 minutes out of him... That's great. You'd rather get that 70 minutes out of him than be shipping three goals in 50 minutes. You know what I mean? So I just don't think like... I think he controls the game a lot better than what Vieira would have to go with the other midfielders there Look, there could be goals I can, I still, I still see a world I know Jesus is getting a very very good run in the social media space if that was Darwin missing the chances that Jesus was missing against Southampton
1: oh, there would
0: be TikTok compilations there'd be tweets there'd be videos on YouTube there'd be podcasts I've seen nothing Hey Zeus, I don't know what it is because he can. He's got a bit more tighter ball control, and he's done some, you know, some chasing down of the ball earlier in the season. He was dreadful against 1. Southampton. One
1: point four something. Actually, I bought him in my free here on fantasy prem, yeah, and, right. and I was like,
0: because he'd be, he had been scoring, and he had, and his big knock this whole season has been his lack of conversion. Correct, and he looked like he'd gotten over that because he'd scored three and two. I think he had a double and a a single the week before. And he looks sharp. I, he's not a, for me, I actually think he's not a, a, an out and out nine. He's that, not, he's a worse finisher than Bobby, to be fair. Yeah. And he doesn't link up as well as Bobby. Yep. I don't know what his best role is, but that's just my opinion of Jesus. I'm not saying he hasn't had a, a good year, but I think if that was Darwin, he'd be getting roasted.
1: Correct. It's a different player. And
0: I think Saka's showing that pressure now. Like I, I do feel for him because he if without him and his contributions, Arsenal aren't in the position they're in, he needs help. Martinelli's the only one that's helping him. Odegaard, yes, he scores against Southampton, but from what I saw he didn't do a heap until that last five minutes and he clicked on and he started dictating the play. Great finish though. Very, very good finish. And again, without his contributions this season they'd be nowhere near where they are. So I'm they get a free pass. Yeah. They can have an off day. But the problem with Arsenal is if those two have an off day together, they're not winning. Saka and Odegaard.
1: My problem is is that I look at the Arsenal squad and the form they're in and the mental state and especially defensively and then I look at Man City and they're purring and Harlan's firing. And Grealish. And Grealish is going. And the rest of the squad is unreal. John Stones looks like a prime... Jeez, yeah. I don't know. Prime prime Cuffo playing no, inverted wingback. Prime Gerrard. the bloody goals out outside the box too. Yeah, I just... You know, I, in, it's two contrasting teams. That I, well, well, this is what City do. And th- they love this situation. I just... I, I find it very hard to preview this game without saying City win and City win comfortably. And if for... And can I just say, the media say, oh, what a title race this has been, whatever. I'm sorry, but the title races City had with... And this might be me being biased here. The title races City's had with us have been, hands down, a lot better and a lot more drama-filled than this one. Like, don't get me wrong, but like, this has had its moments and it's good. And I'd much rather Premier League be like this, right? But... I, every time you watch Op the Sport and they're previewing the game and they're like, oh, but this title has been great and there's been so many twists and turns. What twists and turns? Yeah. Really it's,
0: it's just been City chasing. City
1: just chasing Arsenal. City just chasing Arsenal. City just chasing Arsenal. Arsenal choke, Arsenal choke, Arsenal choke three in a row, right? Yeah. And now City are going to go and run away and win the league, right? At least with the Liverpool ones with City, it'd be, we're nipping, 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 97 points, you don't win the league, you know? Yeah. Uh, there was one year that was a blowout when that was COVID year. That was our win. Yeah, and that's because City had probably about seventeen injuries. million injuries and didn't have a and back no defense. Yeah, and then you look at last year's Premier League title. It comes down to City being what three well, two goals two, down two nil two, two, two goals down and Gundogan's popping up and winning the Premier League and at the end mate, those are title fights. Well, there was the, the other
0: one as well that on the last day where Brighton where. Yeah. Um, what's his name, bloody Glenn Murray? Yeah, puts him one new up, and we needed a result. So we've had two, yeah, out of four. Oh, that was good, though. Two good. or three, two out of three, yeah. No, they've won three, be two out of four, but
1: anyway, Wait, that, that's the other one. That, but
0: two of them have literally gone down to results on the last day, yeah, where City have had to win. So although they're top, we were within striking
1: distance of if they drop points. We're there. Yeah, correct. And then you go to even the Aguero moment all the way back in there. And what a total fight that was with United, right? Yeah. And that's the first bit of City being like chasing team and whatever. I'm sorry, none of that... And it's me just listening to the media and watching everything that you get here in Australia, right? But none of that, what's gone on previously... Is gonna is any as good as this?
0: So there's there is potential for it to turn that way, which is what I think they're playing on. Yeah. Because if City now go and get the win here, we have watched enough of City to know they're probably not going to drop it. Yeah. But the perception from the media is, will they drop points? Will Arsenal get another opportunity? That that's what the narrative will be. If Arsenal can get a win away, Eddie had, which is very very difficult to do. Yeah. Then they're in the driver's seat again. So I think the situation currently five points with two games in hand for City. And so, they play them. And they play them. So realistically, they've won the two games in hand. One's against Fulham. I can't remember who the other Brian. one's against. That's it. Bronco will get a result. But anyway, it's got, it still has... And I think that's where they're playing on that twist and turns. Yeah. Because there's still games to be played. There's still opportunities for City to drop points. But we've seen from past April, City... Go on these stupid runs and just put the titles to bed. Uh, yeah, and okay. that's what I'm expecting. Oh, so. save me
1: up too. And it's uh, don't worry, being on the back end of the other side of it, it is uh, infuriating to watch because they're that good. Yeah. And I just don't see a world where Arsenal win. If I come back here next week and see Arsenal win, am I going to be surprised? I'm going to be surprised that they won, but I'm not going to be surprised because of Arsenal have shown quality this year. Yeah, that they finally turned it around but if you look at all the you know all, all the, the indicators
0: are showing that it's city and then if city get this i think that kills the the momentum the morale the mood at arsenal because if you go four games without a win yeah one of them being to your direct rivals in this title fight that's practically Correct. handing them the league city put a rotated side out mares goes and scores for fun in the fa cup you know what i mean like there's just Everyone's talking about City have too many games. They don't have too many games. Their squad's that good. They're playing Champions League. What well, they've got a double legged tie with Real Madrid. Pfft, fine. That would be the hardest thing that they get between now and the end of the season, I think. So
1: FA Cup's now done. Like, FA
0: Cup is a big game, but that's not until the end of the season. The end of the season now, so you can't say. And like, I don't know why people are saying fixtures, fixtures, fixtures. When they're playing Sheffield United, like you know, second in the Championship you can't say that they're not going to they're not going to get through that tie and do it comfortably so i didn't buy into the city have too many games Correct. because that's just crap so yeah look, look i said it 3 weeks ago you played devil's advocate i think a little bit there just to not be double biased on this show but i said it very early that i saw this i didn't see these results i, I did see arsenal not winning those three games because i said all the two because we said it after Liverpool, you asked me the question, "What are the percentage chances?" And I said 70-30, and you looked at me like I was a bit insane. Now you're like, "I'm ninety five five in City's favor." Same here. I'm,
1: I'm, I'm, uh, I'm with you when it comes to ninety five five. I don't see a world where City don't win the title. I don't see a world where City don't win. My only issue for and my worry for Arsenal is if they can see within ten minutes. It's going to be bloodbath because they're then going to have to go. Well, we're going to have to come out, and we're going to have to go and try and win the game. And that's going to open up space for Haaland and Grealish and anyone else that was a feel I mean, that Phil role. Phil Foden
0: and De Bruyne and Gundogan and Bernardo and...
1: We're witnessing the best Premier League team and the best Premier Ever. League era of all time, arguably. Uh, that maybe should be said for another pod. Uh, yeah. We already discuss errors. Uh, but... No, what they're doing, what they've done for such a long time, it's just nuts. And
0: uh, they're not actually spending the money they used to spend too. That's the sad thing. Like... They're recruiting well. They're not just now blowing they like they're not blowing dumb money on signings and then throwing them away. Like recently, maybe Barkham and Phillips, all the money they're spending is actually having an impact. Correct. All this like Akanji comes in and has an immediate impact. Alvarez comes in and has an immediate impact. Grealish, albeit it's taken a year, is having a very big impact. Yeah. I think this city team right here, right now, I mean, if they win the Champions League, if they do the treble then good on them but mate what a project this has yeah. turned into from, from Pep because he has really put his own spin on this team and the league and it's his DNA now really in this team before you would have said he'd come in he splashed all the cash he won a few leagues and I expected him to probably leave if they'd won a Champions League that one against Chelsea probably I reckon he would have gone at that point I think if he wins it this year he stays yeah and sees if we, Liverpool, come back again, or I Man United, you know, is it Ten Hag building, you know? Especially if Ten Hag maybe gets the FA Cup over him this year, does he go, all right, let's, you know, we've got Man United up and about, we've got Arsenal up and about, Liverpool they are starting to show some signs, they're going to be the Liverpool of old, maybe he hangs around because the fire's burning, because there's more competition. And
1: that's, that's the plus side of this, and it's not all doom and gloom. Arsenal have been super competitive all year. And then you look at what Man United are trying to do, and then you look at um, obviously the other teams around. You know, Brighton, I think, can really push on.
0: Yeah, Brentford, Fulham.
1: I have been very good. Brentford, I think, could make European football next year, from what I've seen. Hundred percent. Aston Villa have looked unbelievable under Uno Emery, who, by the way, is does so. This though. He is so underrated as a coach. But he does this though. All the time, he gets an under. He gets a, a
0: job where he's the underdog. Yeah. Oh no. Oh, we've lost the camera because it's too hot in here.
1: Yeah,
0: I think we might have to wrap up there, guys, because <laughs> we're not going to get the camera back. Uh, thank Good old Australian weather. Very much for watching, and we'll catch you guys next week for another episode.